This is broadcaster Golf Pampa 6, Bravo Echo Alpha at Kilo Charlie 4, Triple Alpha, Double Alpha Foxtrot. Hey friends, this is Brynick McMurdo Station in Antarctica. If you've been listening to me for a bit, you know almost all of this. But whatever, I'm pretty good at repeating myself. I'll just jump right in with world news, which you're probably already aware of, then... I'll let you know what's happening around here, which you're probably not already aware of. At least, I hope not. So yeah, the world? Not in a great state at the moment. We were in contact with points in Europe, Asia, and Oceania. That's been narrowed to only Oceania. Just parts of Australia and Papua New Guinea. Our contacts in Europe and Asia stopped responding. When you take into account everything going on, they might be too overwhelmed to get back to us. Or there might be something else. Either possibility is likely. Earthquakes are everywhere. Even far inland. And on parts of tectonic plates that hardly ever see any earthquakes. Tsunamis are distressingly frequent. That hasn't really changed since the last time I checked in. Maybe it has. I guess if anything you could say that things are getting worse. That's probably not news though. If you're tuning in to me, you might be curious about how Antarctica is handling things. Those from Scott Base are fitting in fine. We're still all on edge though. We've started to have earthquakes again. I know that it doesn't really come as a surprise to anyone in the world. Real, significant earthquakes are happening everywhere. Why should it be any different just because we're so cut off? I am glad that it hasn't been any worse. So far, nothing has been damaged. The earthquakes are just enough to be noticeable. Since we can't talk to anyone, we don't know if their epicenters are located near us, or if they're far away and just so powerful that we're feeling tremors here as well. It's unnerving to not know all the answers to things like that. Are these four shocks? Is it going to get worse? I'm pretty sure it's going to get worse. But that's the uncertainty speaking. You know, it's wild that it wasn't too long ago in human history that this level of communication was considered advanced. People were actually accustomed to very little information before radio, and all anecdotal. Not just accustomed to it, that was all that had ever been known. Radios allowed people to connect like never before, 
Radio communication brought people more information than they ever had access to previously. Ever. The first generation to discover radio might have felt the peak of human connection, like they could learn anything. Just about a century later, and it feels like a part of our bodies have been cut off. We feel lost and stranded. Of course, in a very real way, we are stranded. We're in the most remote place on the planet as the world implodes. And we're all isolated from our loved ones. I'm feeling really... Uh, I don't know. Just a lot, I guess. Speaking of loved ones, no one has been able to get a hold of Addison for me. I, I knew it was a long shot. So I'm not too concerned yet. But I do ask that people keep trying. I really want to hear their voice and... Barring that, just knowing they're okay would do a lot to help keep my state of mind. I might be unable to do anything without it, but... That knowledge would be priceless. I know I'm not the only person who's trapped somewhere far away from their home and those that matter most to them. Hell, this entire continent resembles that statement. But it's so hard to keep perspective when it's such a constant worry. Before all this started happening, I talked to Addison every day. Not as often as I would if I had been anywhere else in the world, of course, but at least one email a night before I went to bed. So now, no matter how busy I keep myself throughout the day, no matter how much I do to distract myself, when it comes time to sleep, and I go to my bunk, my laptop is just right there. Just right there. Reminding me that I have no reason to open it up and say anything. Or read anything. And it hurts. Quite a bit. And falling asleep on such a negative note has been giving me bad dreams. I don't remember many details. But I wake up terrified. And I feel like I've been running a marathon. I haven't felt rested in days. It's gotta be all that impotent anxiety just welling up inside of me. So, please. I know that times are stressful. I know that everyone is stretched thin and has their own concerns. But please, if anyone hears anything about Addison, just let me know. Though I will say that 
even if all of you out there can't come up with any connections to Addison. I'd much rather be in contact with you than not. It helps me feel productive. And connected. It really does. Honestly, I don't know that I could have made it through all of this without Harper. When I am at my most desperate, they are there to listen. They probably know more about Addison than they do about me at this point. But they don't seem bothered by that. They've been calm and collected. But they've started confiding their own fears to me. They obviously haven't spoken to their partners or family either. I'm going to start teaching them to use this radio soon though. So that might help them feel better on that front. If they get any news. They'll probably get just as little information as me. And they have three partners, which means even more people for them to fret about. This isn't all that's troubling Harper. They have told me about their partners, and they are certainly upset. I don't want to diminish that. It's just... Those voices I told you about... The voices in the winds, they haven't gone away. If anything, they're becoming more insistent. I hear them myself, but to Harper, they're getting louder. They're becoming harder to ignore. Still no distinct words. Harper said, it sounds like a bunch of people all clustering in groups, just across a hall and behind a door. You can hear murmurs, and you know that it's people, but you don't know what anyone is saying. Not just that, though. It's also the fact that there's so many voices, all talking over one another, to the point that nothing can be made out. Harper has been doing their best to make it seem like it's not a big deal, but they do keep bringing it up, and I can tell it's bothering them more than they're letting on. I know Harper doesn't believe in ghosts, but it doesn't mean these things aren't frightening, or that stress doesn't make things harder to deal with. I was originally just reassuring them their logic was sound, agreeing there is no one there, but I can tell things like that stopped helping. Now I just listen and offer hugs and consolation. I wish I could do more. It feels like everything is falling apart. It feels like nothing I'm doing could possibly be good enough. From working around the base to helping Harper to trying to find out what's going on with Addison or my family to just keeping people's spirits up to helping Sahil get better. Nothing seems to be enough. Every single day it feels like everything just 
slides a little more toward fucked up, and I'm unable to do anything to stop it. I have to say, that really does a number on my own morale. Of course, I'm sure I'm not alone. I have a strong suspicion that nearly everyone listening in right now can relate. It's hard to keep the perspective that everyone is going through something like this when I'm in crisis. But I really ought to. What's going on is huge. It's way bigger than one person can handle. It seems to be bigger than what many people can handle, even when working together. It's a catastrophe beyond anything humanity has ever seen. The earthquakes and tsunamis just won't stop. Every time anything shakes or makes a loud noise, I'm sure it's an earthquake. We've got people monitoring the oceans near us constantly. We've been going back and forth about whether it would make more sense for most stations across the continent to go inland, to congregate in bases there, or stay here, where we might possibly get in contact with someone or some assistance might arrive. Both options have positives and negatives. We go inland and we are safer from tsunamis, but we might find ourselves completely cut off from all news and any hope of transportation away from here. Stay where we are and people could arrange for transport when that becomes available, but are in danger if a tsunami happens. It's less likely down here, but not impossible, especially given all the earthquakes. As you can see, it's quite the predicament. We keep putting off making a decision, but I don't know how wise that is. Hopefully someone, somewhere, finally calls it one way or another. I think McMurdo is safe. We're facing mainland, not the open ocean. I think that might mean more people are coming here. A geologist might have a better idea about how safe we are. I guess we have to wait to see what the experts say. Anyway, what's going on down here that you might care about? Oh, Sahil. Aaron has been coaching me on how to handle someone like Sahil. It's not exactly a perfect education, but it's what we have. She has me trying some techniques she thinks might benefit him. This is Broadcaster Golf Papa 6, Bravo Echo Alpha, Kilo Charlie 4, Triple Alpha Double Alpha Foxtrot. Unfortunately, while he's still willing to talk to me when I talk to him normally, and he's still passing me notes, Sahil shuts down entirely when I start trying out these techniques she gave me. It's like he knows that it's not me, and he probably does. We got pretty close over the past year. I'm not sure if he can tell if I'm trying to therapize him, but he certainly knows me well enough to know that it's not how I usually behave. On the other hand, 
he started to talk more with others. Unfortunately, those others are the people who have started to withdraw themselves. Withdraw and do things like doodle or write or paint obsessively. I guess that it's good they're all coming together and not scattered around the base like they used to be, but it's really weird and uncomfortable. You walk into a room with a group of them, and they all go silent. They never talk when anyone else is around. Speaking of voices you can't make out, we only know they're talking because we can hear voices when we leave the room. It seems like they're mostly just working on their endeavors together in silence, though. Even when it's just them, they aren't completely chatty. We hear soft muttering coming from inside the rooms. It almost sounds like chanting. Not a ton of voices, just a few. It comes and goes. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't creeped out. I am. I thoroughly am. I want to help Sahil, so I keep going back, but I don't know how long I can continue to do it if I'm being honest. I don't want to be anywhere near them. It's not like anyone is forcing me to hang out with them, but I feel so bad for Sahil. I should probably look at what he's been giving me. I've been too worried to do that. I... I have a few of the notes right now. Here. Let me get them and I'll read a couple now. So... The first one says... I am trying. I really am. I don't know how to do this any differently. When I try to say it straight out, it manifests in a jumble of words that make no sense. If I beat around the bush, I get closer, but not close enough. I'm scared, and I know, but there's nothing I can do. I want to help. I want this to end, but I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can solve anything. Please, please listen. Please read. Please understand. I need you to understand. I need you to get this. Bryn, I need you to know what I know. I need someone to know. Someone who can help. It's too much. It's not stopping. And it's not going to stop. Please make it stop. That was the most coherent message I've got from him this whole time. It's not exactly any more reassuring than anything else I've read, but... At least the sentences make sense. And the words aren't a salad. Maybe... Maybe I should write him a note too? Maybe that will help. Let's see what else he says. Next one. Pressure so strong, I feel like I'm going to break. Nothing is making sense. Just pictures and scenes that don't translate. To English, 
anything. Vague and foreboding. They threaten us. All of us. This isn't going to end. Not now. Not anytime soon. Maybe not ever. This is what we're left with. This is how it finishes. We're alone. Not really. But that's how it feels. We've always been alone. But never actually were. It's taken hold. And it's never letting go. Back to the... Ultra-unsettling nonsense. It reads like he's trying to tell a story, but doesn't have all the right words in the right order. Or like, some just fell off the page. I wish I understood this. Maybe it is a story, but that last note... Okay, here goes. I have a handful of others, but they all seem so short. Help. Help me. Help us. Help. 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 Help, 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 help. What the fuck? I... I have no idea what to do with this. That's what I've been trying to do, right? Is help? So why ask me in such an eerie way? What the hell is going on? What is he trying to say? The rest of the notes, they all just say the same thing. Just... Help. It's all scrawled together, one word taking up whole scraps of paper. This is bad. I'm taking these straight to Erin. I don't know if there's anything she can do, but I don't want to be the only person who's seen these. And I have no idea who else to show them to. Sahil's lost it. And I feel like there's something I could have done to keep it from going down like this. I'm an awful friend. A totally abysmal friend. Why can't I do something as simple as... Knock it off, Bryn. You're spiraling. Remember what Aaron said. When things get like this, start breathing. Deep, abdominal breaths. Let the anxiety wash over me. Don't turn away from the feelings, but become a screen door and let them flow through me, from one side to the other. And the progressive relaxation, tightening and relaxing muscles from feet to shoulders. Okay. Okay. I can do this. Sorry. I will get to the bottom of it. I will sort this out. But there's nothing I can do right now. Aaron is talking with Willow and I don't want to interrupt. I'll bring this to her later. It'll be okay. We'll figure something out. And I don't really need to get so worked up. Let's see. Navid and Andrea can't fix their machines. 
It seems to be a running theme. They keep getting the same errors, and it's starting to really get to them. They're growing short when anyone asks if they have any new information. To be honest, they're kind of growing short with anyone who asks them anything. I can't say I blame them. I'm getting there myself. Let's see... what else? The Kekere telescopes are perfectly fine, at least according to everyone at the North Pole right now. They're still trying to figure out why the stars at this specific set of coordinates appear to have shifted, but at least we now know the telescopes seem to be in working order. We're checking on computer errors now. This might take a while. Hudson and I are going through lines of code, one by one, looking for any errors that might indicate what exactly is going on, and where and why. So far, everything looks normal. If I fudge some of the equations, I can even get this code to come out looking the way I expected to, but I don't want to have to resort to that. If I do, we might miss an important clue, and it's not like we can exactly afford to have any of our machines malfunctioning. So we're going slowly, and working hard, and coming up with nothing. It's incredibly discouraging, but I have faith in the two of us. Hudson is smart. I'm smart. We've been doing this for a while. If anyone can isolate a piece of faulty equipment, it's us. Or that's what I'm telling myself. It might take longer than usual, with circumstances being what they are, but we'll get it done. Eventually. Hopefully before we all find a way home. You know, if that is even something we get to do. Okay, let's not follow that line of thinking right now. I don't need to be there mentally. In better news, socializing is still going strong. We've got karaoke nights and game nights and trivia nights. People were craving a social connection. While there is a sense of desperation in our interactions, this is kind of a breath of normality, you know? Just some people getting together to have some fun. While we're doing it, it's almost possible to forget that we're kind of stranded here. We're going to start running low on food and supplies at some point. We're making it work, and all the outposts and stations across the continent are working together to make sure that no one goes hungry. Unless we can manage to send some people away, or bring in more supplies, it seems likely that we will have to get more serious with our rationing endeavors in the near future. No one wants to hear it. But I think everyone knows that's what's coming. And it's coming fast. I really hope it doesn't tank our spirits. We don't really have a definite leader of this station. Each subsection and division has someone in charge, and that's who we've all been going to with our concerns. But maybe it's time to start organizing for real. Put specific people in charge of overseeing our care and well-being to make sure none of us... Uh, starve. Starving would be bad. Jeez, this is getting really serious. I mean, it's been serious. But I don't think any of us want it to be as serious as it obviously is. I don't think any of us want to admit the extent to which things are not functioning as they should. 
Putting people in charge of things like rations and other areas of oversight is going to drive home exactly how deadly serious we need to be treating the situation. It's time I brought this up to the rest of the group. We need to be doing stricter rations of food sooner rather than later. We have no idea when anyone is coming, or if help is ever going to come. We might be here for a very long time. Maybe forever. And we can't just keep eating our way through what stores we have with no regard for how to replenish them. I sincerely hope that we aren't here forever. I never thought that I would regret my time down here, but if we're stuck here for the rest of our lives, I probably would. And that's depressing to think about. This is broadcaster Golf Pompa 6, Bravo Echo Alpha at Kilo Charlie 4, Triple Alpha Double Alpha Foxtrot. How are you out there dealing with this reality? I know we're not the only people on this earth stuck in an inhospitable environment or facing the possibility that we're going to have to ration food or other supplies. The latter is probably a reality to everyone everywhere. I would be surprised to learn most people haven't at least considered it. I'm assuming that worldwide shipping networks have been cut off. No one wants to travel across the sea right now. Ships and planes have been disappearing. No one knows where these missing vehicles are going, but it's happening. And all the earthquakes have to be disrupting the infrastructure even in landlocked areas. Who knows what's going on across every continent? Certainly not us. Not out here. If you have any advice about how we should move forward, please don't hesitate to share it with me. At times like these, we need to come together and crowdsource ideas. Humanity has always survived by being social and working together. We achieved some phenomenal things throughout history, and none of them would have been possible if we had been working alone. I know that might sound weird coming from an American, since we're so focused on the individual, but it's true. It's always been groups of people that make things work. The whole of science only happened because of people in groups exchanging ideas and building consensus. Sure, Einstein made some intuitive leaps, but we wouldn't have been able to do it without studying physics and the work of the people who came before. Western culture has idolized singular people and made it seem like geniuses did it all alone. But that could never happen. Corporate leaders got to the top because people in their companies made innovations. The human species went on to achieve space exploration because thousands of years in the past, groups of hunter-gatherers chose to combine their strengths and make sure everyone could eat food to make it through the lean times. What I'm saying is, we can make it through this, but we'll do better with your help. I'm sure of it. If you've been listening and you're concerned about us, and I know some of you are, I've heard from you, and you should reach out with advice, even if you think it's pointless or something so obvious that we must have already thought of it, we might not have. Sometimes what seems obvious to one person is something another person would never dream up in a million years. It might be the key to helping us make it through a brutal year down here. So don't stay silent. 
I've got help. We're monitoring this radio pretty closely most of the time now. Gilma, Hudson, Harper, Maddie, and Willow aren't confident enough yet to do their own updates. But they're listening in. They're learning. They can always alert me if the need arises. And we've got a lot of smart people down here. A lot of supplies. We might not be able to materialize specialty items from nowhere, but you'd be surprised what we can make happen. Please. We could definitely use your help. Well, because I can't leave you all on such a cheery note, I guess I should tell you what Maddie said the biologist discovered. The penguins are gone. They were moving when they shouldn't have been moving, and now they're gone. Just up and abandoned nests and breeding grounds they've been using since we started studying them. Maddie said that they had to stop following them because it just isn't safe now with everything that's going on. But they do have some of the animals tagged. They're on the mainland now. They're not super far away from the water in general, but... Maddie said they're further away from the water than penguins like these should be. They use the water for hunting. They need to eat. And yet... They're staying as far away as they can without starving themselves. If that isn't a vote of confidence concerning the state of affairs, I don't know what is. Animals completely changing their hardwired behavior and habitat? What could go wrong? Probably a lot of things. I know it sounds so dire when I lay everything out like this, but it can't be as bad as it seems, right? Just can't. We can't be looking at an extinction event. There's no cause for one. I know we've been destroying the climate for a while now, and we've got a lot of things coming to a head. But that wasn't this imminent. And that doesn't explain what's happening anyway. The earthquakes don't have anything to do with weather. And they don't have anything to do with climate. If they did, we would know by now. At least that's what the geologists I've talked to have said. The tsunamis are probably tied to the earthquakes. That would make the most sense at any rate, so... Again, no tie to climate change. It's not like this is from... WMDs, or a comet hurtling toward us, or anything else I can think of. It's just... a lot of earthquakes. And a lot of other things that are tied to the earthquake somehow. I don't know. I don't want to end this on a sour note, but I think I have to go. Trying to keep things somewhat optimistic, I guess, so... Here we are. This can't be an extinction-level event. There you have it, folks. Optimism. Okay. Bye-bye. This is broadcaster Golf Papa 6, Bravo Echo Alpha, at Kilo Charlie 4, Triple Alpha, Double Alpha Foxtrot, signing off. It Grows Dark is written by Jenna M. Pittman and produced by Jared Aiken. Theme song and score are by Define.Human. More of their work can be found at linktree.com slash define.human. The voice of Bryn is Jared Aiken. The voice of the wind and the credits is Titi. Artwork by Ida Christensen. Social media is managed by Ellie Lustig. Script help by Ryan Kranz and Misielu Pika. If you like what you're hearing and want to connect with us, please reach out via social media, our website or Discord server, 
all of which can be found in the show notes or at linktree.com slash itgrowsdark. For more direct access, please send all questions or concerns to itgrowsdark at gmail.com. Fun fact. Antarctica sees a fog-like phenomenon called diamond dust. Like fog, it is a ground-level cloud, but unlike fog, it is composed of ice. It is also thin enough to allow for visibility, occurring primarily on clear or mostly clear days and resulting in a number of unique optical properties. Thank you for listening and stay safe.